Hi, thank you very much for tuning in to our program today. We believe that God has a word for you. We live in a time and in a world that is full of questions. Our prayer for you today is that the word of the Lord today will bring you light, direction, encouragement, and inspiration. The Lord will touch you at the right point of need. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we'd like to welcome in our service today all our guests from in and out of the state and people visiting us. And specifically, we just want to specially welcome in our midst our mayor, Baboro, and her beloved husband, Mayor Sanchez Alessia. We welcome you for being here again with us. We celebrate you. And uh, we thank God for the legacy you are leaving behind. Young people can dream in this borough. You can recognize that you have a part to play. Our legacy has been to challenge the young generation, particularly, to energize people, to let everybody know that no matter how young or old you are, you have a role to play. Amen. And we just want to thank God for that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. 1 Peter chapter 1, we read from verse 18. 18 and 19. The Bible says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. Now, this takes a knowing. The question is, do you know? Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. So you were redeemed, my friends, with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Somebody say, I was redeemed. I was redeemed. By the precious blood of Christ. Wow. Friends, whatever position you are, whatever position you may find yourself as a Christian is not over. Thank God for that one or two amens. You know, when we talk about Easter, and certain things my wife and I normally talk about when you talk about Easter, Christmas, or you know some times of celebration, festivities. Most people just conclude because of the time of celebration, everybody is celebrating. It's an assumption. Do you know while it's a time of celebration, some people may actually, it may be a reminder of pain for some people. I think I was speaking, I can't remember in which of the services recently, of a man of God that it was a time of Easter. He lost his children just last week. There is no amount of Easter's he can have, he can never forget. But you know, while also the time of, you know, uh, Christmas could be a time of pain for someone else. It's a reminder of something. But what, did, what really does it mean? While it may be a time of pain, that something bad happened. But when we say resurrection or when we say a time of goodwill to all men, it is a time for grace to be received. Even in a time of pain. Are you following what I'm trying to say now? It's a time that even though there was pain, but it's a time for grace to be received. It's a time for you to understand that even though there was pain, but gain came to mankind. In that season, 
It's a time of dreaming. It's a time of hoping. It's a time of receiving. There are certain things that may not bring back what was lost. Listen, no matter how many children the mother of Jesus Christ had, do you know that any mother will give anything to retain Jesus? You didn't get what I just said. Any woman will give anything just to retain that one. Haven't realized that this is the Messiah. There are certain things in our lives that because we hold on to pain of the past does not allow us to embrace the joy of the future. When we say it's a time of resurrection, it's a time for joy to resurrect again in you. And I pray that in every area of your life, no matter what situation you are in, that life will resurrect in you again. Laughter will come back to you again. The joy of the Lord will fill your heart in the name of Jesus. Death was not the end for Jesus. The grave was not the end. Earlier on, we saw pictures of the grave. But it was empty. After the death, after the burial, was resurrection. And guess what? The resurrection was not even the end. For after resurrection, there was glorification. Amen. I pray that no matter what the devil thought is going to be the end of your story, it will just be a new chapter. In the name of Jesus. See, the sting of failure and setback is a shame. The sting of failure and setback is shame. And because there is shame, many Christians are unable to move over it. Because they say, well, what really does it mean I stand for? What does it mean that all this has happened to me? Many believers are unable to accept help because of shame. As a matter of fact, many people are going through things in this place right now this morning. But unable to accept it, I need help. Because we are ashamed of, you know, if people find out that this is what I'm going through. But that's the reason why Jesus Christ actually went through the disgraceful, the shameful death on the cross. So that shame will not be your portion. And this morning I pray for somebody in this place. That shame will not associate with you anymore. Shame will not accompany you as you go out of this place today. You may have come here with your heads down this morning, but it shall be lifted up by the time you are going. In the name of Jesus. Shame keeps people away from yelling for help. Particularly men. No men are unable to talk sometimes what they're going through. They can't ask their friends. When help is made available, many people can't take it because it makes them look cheap. It makes them look weak. But you know what? That's why Jesus Christ went to the cross. He looked weak on the cross so that you can obtain his strength. Yeah. Amen. And I pray for you today in the name of Jesus. Every help due you. Through the blood of Jesus Christ will receive it. In Jesus' name. Shame is a weight that hinders people from moving into their future. Everything that hinders your future. Everything. Wherever it's coming from, we decree in Jesus' name it will be torn apart today. Because the veil was torn apart at the cross. The Bible tells us something interesting in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 verse 4. It says, surely he has borne our griefs. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The word he has borne means, it's not with me. If somebody is bearing your luggage, you're not the one carrying it. Somebody says, surely. Surely means, I am not guessing. Surely he has borne our griefs. Grief will not be your portion. As a family, you will not say we are grieving. Everything that makes people to send you a card of grieving will shut it down in the name of Jesus. 
The Bible says, surely he has borne our grief. Grief will not find its way to your house. It says he has carried our sorrows. He has carried it. When he went to the cross, he carried sorrow with him. But pastor, what do you say? Well, I feel sad, but I say that sorrow is not your portion. I may be down right now, but I'm not going to stay down. Sorrow will not be associated with my name, with my family, in the name of Jesus. This is not a church of sorrowful people. He carried our sorrows. The Bible says, yet we are esteemed in stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgression. In other words, we transgressed. We actually messed up. And if you're in this place and you feel you haven't messed up, you're not being honest. You have not started living yet if you have not messed up. He says he was wounded for our transgressions. So it was not for his own transgressions. Jesus Christ had to become sin. So that he can carry my sins. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. The price for the peace that I have. The punishment for my peace was laid upon him. I know you've read this scripture many, many times. But then this is the reason why we need to remind ourselves so that we can remind Satan. Amen. Next time when you feel lack of peace in your home, when you feel lack of peace in your career, lack of peace in anything that God has given to you, you need to remind the devil that the chastisement, the punishment of your peace was laid upon Christ. And by his stripes, I was healed. So men, if you are sick in your body this morning, I just, as a ministry, begin to lay your hands on whatever the thing is. Because this is our month of total restoration. And I believe God that the chastisement of your peace was laid upon him. By his stripes you were healed. Not about to be healed. I speak life. I speak healing. I speak help from above through the blood of Jesus to somebody here. In the name of Jesus. The Bible told us or tells us that Jesus Christ tasted death on my behalf. So, you know, when you read that scripture, you might say to yourself, mm, yeah, right. But my, my grandma died. My granddad died. So, what does it mean? Does it mean I won't die? Now, death of a believer is different from the death we're talking about in this passage. Jesus Christ tasted death. There are people that live with the fear of death. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every single day of your life, living with the fear of death. And one of the things you need to understand is when you are in Christ, you should see death under your feet. There are people who are afraid of everything. Afraid of going out, afraid of the flight. There are some people that you have to give them injection before they can travel. Have you met people like that? They can't fly. Their heart is in their mouth. Fear is not a thing for you to think does not exist. So, through the fear of death, the Bible tells us that many people have become enslaved. You're unable to do the right thing because you're afraid. But Christ tasted death. 
The Bible said he tasted death in Romans 8.32. He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. See that? How many parents will do that? None. God did not spare his own son. He delivered him. So it was not Satan that delivered Jesus. Of course, God needed somebody. He needed an agent to use. So just guys say that. But who is that person through whom the son of man is betrayed? So even though God needed to use a hand, that hand shouldn't have been you. Watch this. Romans 8.32. He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. This is where I'm going to. How shall we not with him also freely? How shall he not also with him, not without him, with him also give us what? Freely give us all things. Friends, God doesn't just want you to be saved. He wants you to have all things. What do you mean by all things? All things is all things. All things includes joy to start with. He told us clearly at the beginning. He said, not according to the aimless conduct that are the tradition of fathers. So all things begins with joy. It begins with everything that accompanies salvation. Together with him, all things. So when we say total restoration, we're not just talking about restoration of just salvation. But together with him have all things. All things. Amen. Amen. Freely give us all things. Shout, I have all things. I have hope. I have joy. I have health. Don't say without your heart connecting to your mouth. Say, I have hope. I have health. I have life. In the name of Jesus. I have wealth. He said, freely all things. All things means all things. It's important that your faith must connect with your mouth. As you are speaking it, let your mind receive what you are saying. Together with him. Don't just say, well, I know I'm saved. I know when I get to heaven, I will see God. But while you are on earth, you need to see God. Seeing God means seeing God at work. Seeing God's promises available in your life. And this is not fake hope. And it's not false hope. It is based upon God's promises. Now, if salvation is the reason why we come to God only, then the day we get saved, we should just go to heaven. But I suppose to be benefits, what we call the things that accompany salvation. So the Bible said, together with him, all things. Amen. But why did God have to do such a thing? Why did he have to sacrifice his son? Why did he have to do all these? Because he loves you. What did I do that he loves me? He loves you. I wish I can explain what you did. But God loves me, and many of us even can't love ourselves. Because he loves us, he gave his only begotten son, the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us in John 15, verse 13. He said, greater love has no one than this. For a man to lay down his own life. Lay down his own life for one's friends. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Everything I've said so far. If the father loves and he gave. If the son loves and he laid down. What should be their benefit? To what end? What is in it for them? Now if I go into so much strength in, well, so much extent and trouble. 
and don't believe this, this happens. In cooking, a nice meal. That will almost be like in another world. I'm talking about a nice meal. Not that I can't cook, but the nice is what you should underline. That you will smell from the, from the junction, hmm, something nice smells. You have to check out some men to do that. But some of us, we can bring all the resources, stand by you and be encouraging with nice stories while you are cooking. So if I go into all that trouble and cook a nice meal, but you fail to eat it, do you know that really makes me sad? So if the father gave his only begotten son, and the son laid down his life, but we fail to take the totality of what he did. And what I'm trying to point out to us, many of us actually do not access what God has provided for us enough. It's almost like we are afraid to step in. Now, of course, you know the reason why we're afraid is we're afraid to commit. Because if we're going to take, it means we're going to give. Am I talking to the church today? We are afraid to take because we are afraid to give. It goes both ways. Some people will not take help because they know they're not going to help you. They aren't going to show up when they need your help. So why should they commit? But there's no amount of things you can give to God that can measure what he gave to you. It's important for us to learn to take the totality of what this season of Easter actually means. I'm going to show us a story in a minute. But first of all, the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 30, verse 17. He said, God said, I will restore health to you. I will heal you of your wounds. Clearly, there's nobody who needs health restored in this house this morning. Amen. Ah. Amen. NHS has spoiled us in this country. So much that we don't even think about spiritual healing. When God says, I will restore health to you. Do you know that word is not just physical health? That is financial health. That is mental health. Emotional health. Do you understand what I'm talking about? When God said, I will restore health to you. There are many things that happen to a life, a person's life, a stable life, that can deny them of good health. Sometimes you find out that you can't just sleep. And not because you have had a bad news somewhere. You just can't sleep. And some people cannot sleep normally until they use medication. And that's real for them. But God says to you that I will restore health to you. It's a good place for you to learn I receive health. In the name of Jesus. I am waiting for your testimony of health restored. Amen. The Bible says, I will heal you of your wounds. There are some wounds that are not physical wounds. Wounds you can't see, scars on the heart. Wounds of a friend's. Or wounds even of enemies. Wounds that people didn't even know they have afflicted you with because of careless talk. Wounds have made some people to feel, you know what, I can never go to church again. Wounds from family growing up. Wounds that you have never told a soul. Some people behave sometimes in their adult life in a way that you can't understand. But it's coming from wounds from their background. And they are failing to deal with it. 
Because they were always shut down whenever they wanted to talk. So as they grew up, they felt they should always be shouting anyhow. They should always force their way on other people. Because I will no longer be shut down. People put me down too much growing up. No, I would always just push my way, even when it doesn't make sense. Wounds that were not attended to. But God said, I'm the one who can fix it. I pray for you this morning in the name of Jesus. Every wounds on the inside. Every wound that become cancer. Every wound that become an acute ulcer. In the name of Jesus, I pray Lord will heal you in the name of Jesus. There are wounds on the inside. When some people have wounds in their intestine, they cannot keep food. Wounds. It does not make sense. But they are real wounds. And if you want to talk about wounds, there's no better place to find wounds than church. Because people wound each other. We take each other for granted. People come out to serve, but we take their service for granted. We talk to people almost like they owe us. Uh, they just owe us. A, we assume that we have some rights. Some, some children wound their parents. But you don't even know. You know, if you know you wounded somebody, you go and apologize. But it's the wound you didn't know you left behind. But I want to say to us in this Easter, this time of resurrection, may the Lord heal us. Amen. No matter how much sorry somebody can say to you, he really can't fix it. He cannot fix it enough than the blood of Jesus. That's what the blood... Do you know, the Bible said, when we were yet sinners, Christ died. He died. How many of us were there that day to say, oh, sorry, Jesus, you were not even born yet. So, while he was dying, the people he died for were actually snarling. They were making fun of him. Come down if you call yourself a savior. And he said, Lord, don't count it against them. For they know not what they do. You see that? There are wounds that people have not said sorry about. And you are saying, no, I'm not going to change your lens. They say sorry. This morning, I want you to just think about this. Now, why would you let this time of Easter go over? Because the reason you cannot move to your next level is this what I'm talking about. There are things in treatment that the doctors will not proceed until there is adequate healing at that level. Equally, there are levels of progress you will not get to in life until you have received adequate healing for what I'm talking about. Healing. Let the wounds be healed in your marriage. Oh, your mother is not coming to this house. Why? What has my mother done? Nothing. Just she's not coming. Because there are wounds. There are things you had. You never told each other. And yet you are praying. The reason why prayers are not being answered many times is because of these undeclared things, issues. Because you know if I should say it, it will lead to the third world war. So why don't you say it to Jesus? Let's say it to Jesus Christ and let the blood that flows from his side, let that blood heal us. You know what made the blood so precious? 
It's a living blood because the blood that never, never lose its power. The reason why this blood is important is, is different from the blood of bulls. The blood of Jesus remains fresh. It's not a kind of blood that you feel well. It was years ago. So it's that no, the blood says it will never lose its blood. It flows from the highest mountain to the deepest valley. Whenever I see the blood, the Bible says, I pass over you. Death will pass over you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. For those wounds on the inside this morning, I feel strong in my spirit that I have wounds. And I pray that the Lord will heal your wounds. In Jesus' name. Let me quickly run up with a very nice story in the Bible. For some weeks now or months, we studied the book of Esther. But as we look at the closing chapters of the book of Esther, remember Esther was that book where the queen, um, a young lady became the queen. And this is like her dream come true. Because she actually was an orphan. And nobody becomes queen and just throws it away anyhow. But no matter how bad it is, nobody throws away the crown like that. So you see, Queen Esther had just become queen and enjoying her life, moved from lack to plenty. Then her uncle sent people and said that she needed to go and intercede on behalf of what? The Jews. Because the Jews have been marked for death. All the Jews. And as I studied that story, and I shared with people yesterday, what is so shocking about that story is the whole Jews in Babylon were marked for death. All of them. And these folks did not even know what they did. Now it's a different thing if you knew why all of us are going, Dad, why are we going to be killed next week? I don't know. But get ready, baby. We're all going to die. So that was the memo that came out. But it was a story that started because Haman and Mordecai had issue. Haman felt Mordecai did not bow. Okay, it's bad enough for Haman to have felt like that. But okay, keep Mordecai alone. All right? But if I know I'm not going to kill Mordecai alone, I'm going to wipe off everybody in their race. And so Mordecai went to town crying. And then Mordecai asked the queen to go see the king. You remember the story? And the queen said, nobody goes to the king without being invited that will not be killed. So the death sentence is on me too. She prayed about it and then she said, you know what? If I perish, I perish. She laid down her crown and God said, dress up in her best and stepped out to go and die, if need be, on behalf of her people. Now in chapter 9 of the book, we now can see the purpose of the book of Esther. There is something about the book of Esther which is close to the story of Easter, the season of Easter. Actually, God now revealed to us why the book even existed. Because it was a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. A people who actually didn't know the root cause of their trouble, but marked for death. You and I, we were not in the garden, but we sinned in the garden. Are you talking to me now this morning? And we were marked for death, and it was sealed by the king. It was God himself who said so. That the wages of sin 
Now the same God, the same king in Babylon was the same one who also revoked the same law that he allowed to be. Because one step forward on behalf of the Lord. You know, the well, funny thing is, the people didn't do anything when the death sentence was removed. All the Jews just realized that, well, we were meant to die, but now we're not dying anymore. But it didn't stop there. That's why I wanted to understand something this morning. I'm about to read the passage. Get ready. We're going to read in Esther chapter 9 verse 1. They didn't just die. That's not just all. God didn't just redeem you so that you will not die. But what happened in the story is our portion. Because after redemption, you were given power over Satan. Amen. The Bible said in Esther chapter 9 verse 1. If I can have it in NIV, please. Thank you. I want to show you something in NIV. 9-1-B. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, but now the tables were turned. The title of my message today is The Tables Were Turned. Now the tables were turned, and the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. The Bible said on this day, what does on this day mean? It means it's the appointed day. On this day that the king selected, it was the day the devil had marked down that that's the day they are going to die. I prophesy over somebody here this morning that on the day you are marked for failure, marked for death, marked for shame, there will be a turnaround in the name of Jesus. The day that has been spoken over your family, that that's the day you will not cross, I say you will go over it in the name of Jesus. Listen to me while you are just receiving now. I'm beginning to wrap this up. My friend, Reverend Oyo, you're going to see me very soon. Nobody in his entire family, nobody in the entire family, the male family, and they had males, only few female, had ever seen their children getting married. No one person, his own father, everybody, uncles, once your children are of age, you will die. In fact, they never cross 50. So it was bad to when he was going to cross 50. Now his twins are old enough to get married. This man was struck by a strange disease. The man who ministered deliverance to other people. And his size became half. And he's been battle upon battle. Because why? Because they declared a date for wedding. That's why you keep on taking sweet and sugar and you think when we are talking spiritual battle, it cannot touch you. Because when we are talking, it's serious business. When you see a pattern, you've got to learn to fight it. You've got to learn to fight it. On the day that he has set a wedding of his own son, the devil has said he will not see it. And somehow the devil blindfolded everybody and all kind of machines were reading wrong figures. But God saved him. I said God saved him. That God will save you too. That God will save you too. On that day, it had been stated. The Bible said, and everybody knew that once the king seals it, it cannot be revoked. I said there is a higher king. Everything that has said evil against your life. 
Watch this. He said, on the day the enemies of the Jews had hoped, every evil hope against you, every evil expectation against you, in the name of Jesus, it will change today. I said it will change today. They had hoped to overpower you. Do you, know, do you know what it means to overpower? It means the devil has weighed you. To overpower you means they know your capacity. They know what your strength is all like. But the Bible said that God changed it. I command the change. I command the change. They will not know where your help is coming from. But it's coming from the blood. There are people the devil has said, ah, I said you will not be married, you got married. You will not have babies who got pregnant. They have not said on the date of the delivery. But I said there will be a change. There will be a change in the name of Jesus. There are people they said you will not make it to made it. They said you won't go to school, you graduated. I said God will blindfold them. God will blindfold them. In the name of Jesus, your joy shall not be taken from you. Your joy shall not be taken from you. In the name of Jesus. On that day, you will escape from the guilt of sin. Some people have been doing very well. You have been progressing in your work with God. But the devil says, how, how can she escape? How can she have? You know those people that are being rehabilitation, thank you. And they are saying that I'm on number 14 today. Number 20 today. And you are thinking only 20 and you are celebrating. Yes. But at times the devil has planned that I'm going to change the story. I will break that. You are saying that three months clean. No, I want to break it. I said there will be no retrace. There will be no relapse. In everything, in every habit, in every bad habit God has delivered you from, you will not go back to it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Some of you started this year with some wonderful, some, some wonderful things. You said, God, this year, it is new year, new resolution. This year, I will not fornicate. This year, I will not go back to that lifestyle. I will not use hard drugs. I will not use this and that. I said, if you have been coming on, God will sustain you. In the name of Jesus. Let me begin to close. He says there. He says, on that day, God gave the Jews to get upper hand over those who hated them. Do you know what happened in this story? The king himself now empowered them. He said, now, I'm empowering you. In any area where you are, any, any Babylonian you see, strike them down. Now, what kind of king will make that such a decree? Except God has sustained you. I said, anyone who said your seat, it is his own seat. You say you will not be promoted in the place of your sweat. I shift them out in the name of Jesus. Three things I want to give to you as you go. When you are delivered, you will receive power over sin. Power over sin. Power over sin. The Bible says in Romans 6, 14, it says, for sin shall no longer have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Romans 6, 23, says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I say every weight of sin, every weight of sin is broken in the name of Jesus. We are no longer slaves to sin. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Why you didn't have power over before you came here? This morning, receive grace. To step over it in Jesus' name. 
receive grace to step over it in Jesus name that thing that used to rule your heart to sin you will say to it that I'm over you I am above you you are not my boss I can control you so I put you under in the name of Jesus receive power over the world what do you mean my friend this world we live in is a strange one there are evil things in this world as are good things in this world the Bible said in Galatians chapter 1 verse 4 it says who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from the present evil age there is a present evil age let me say this there is a present what May God deliver you from the enemy that is watching you that you are not watching. Oh. Do you know the people that came to arrest Jesus Christ are his friends? When Judas showed up, Jesus said, friend, what are you doing here? He had planned that whoever I will kiss, that's the person. There is a present evil age. Now, what do I mean by that? Nobody has the right to tell anybody how to live their life. I don't have the right to tell you to be a man or to be a woman. But it becomes a problem when you are saying to me, I must accept that your own way is the only way. Or it should become a syllabus for my children. Now let me raise my children the way I want to raise them. Raise yours the way you want to raise them. This is a serious matter. Serious, serious matter. And it is one for us all to think about. There is something called evil age. Evil is when I just take over your rights. It's only one agenda. Everybody has agendas. I respect other people's views, but they should not now monopolize theirs over mine. So there is an evil in this world. People are wicked. There's wickedness in the world. So when we talk about what the blood of Jesus Christ did, don't take it for granted. Because through the blood you can be prevented. You can be secured. You can be protected. I speak the blood over you. The blood over your walk. The blood over your walking. The blood over your speech. Over your utterance. Over what you see. The blood of Jesus speak for you. In the name of Jesus. There's power over Satan. When you and I were saved we receive power over Satan. The Bible says in Colossians 2 verse 15, he said, haven't disarmed principalities and powers. My God. He made a spectacle of them openly. He disarmed them. He triumphed over them. Every evil power that is operating against your life evil power wherever they have been sent wherever they have come from no matter how high or low place they are I plead the blood of Jesus over you this morning by the reason of the blood I break their power I shatter their hold in the name of Jesus I command your freedom be free be free be free in the name of Jesus, be free. My friend, the powers could be so high. Who would have believed that Haman, as high as he was, 
that the power of God can unseat him in less than 24 hours. There are place, another will take it. Some of you will find yourself in an unexpected promotion. This year receive favorable access. Receive in the name of Jesus. The most important thing that the blood did was it reconciles to God. 2 Corinthians 5.18 It says, now all things are of God. You see, the things you desire, they are of God. All things. No matter what it is you want to do, what profession you want to be, the Bible says they are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And that is God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing their trespass unto them. Listen to me, you are reconciled already. Oh, pastor, you don't know what I did. The Bible said he's not imputing your trespass to you. If you will come to him, you say to him that, Lord Jesus, I want to come to you because I had you died for me. And you are not imputing my sin to me. The Bible said, but he is pleading as it were that you should be reconciled. This is your day of reconciliation. Wow. We want you to please get in touch with us or more information you would like to need. We have counselors and people are waiting to help you. Until next time, stay blessed and stay restored.